welcome to the Squid of Despair, unscripted musings on business life, leadership, creativity, transformation, and all the myriad of other work-life events that get in the way of a good night's sleep. Hosted by David Ailing smith and Peter Taylor. Hello, David. Daz. Oh, I get it wrong. I'm gonna... <laughs> Hello, Peter. How are you? <laughs> I've just come back from holiday. My brain is nowhere to be seen. So I'm, this is going to be no sense. But, but I know I know it's your turn this week, but we have some exciting news. Which I'm, I'm looking to forward to hearing your news, Peter. And this I'd like to hear about your holiday, but let's stick okay, to the well, script. Let's, let's start with it. There was, there was no squid on my holiday. There was some in a restaurant I went to, but I didn't touch it. Um, uh, this is the Squid O'Clock News. We have passed over 2,000 downloads of our podcasts. Excellent. Now, this this to me means one of two things. Either we are becoming popular, and I, I kind of hope it's that one, or our one listener has major inter, sort of connection issues and keeps bouncing in and out. I'm not sure. No, well, let's take it. Irrespective of why, I think that's a great milestone, Peter. Who oh, would have thought it? Two of us babbling on to each other could actually have that, that popularity out there in the big wide world. <laughs> Well, and, and, you know, let's keep going because it feels like the topics are, you know, continuing to be relevant to us and uh, okay. hopefully yeah. to, our, to our two listeners. So, um, all right. So um, here we go then. What's the squid of the day, Daz? Well, today, Peter, I'd like to talk to you about strategy. Goodness, and okay. big topic, understand, but I'd like to discuss it in terms of the relationship to what we've talked about previously okay and and think about strategy insofar as it applies to transformation the role of leadership and how teams relate to various manifestations or the existence of strategy or 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 not and you know let me let me sort of perhaps define it or just try and frame that a little bit for us both okay yeah that'd be very useful well, I mean, I think we all know, you know, we all got a relationship with strategy, particularly when it comes to business. And, you know, simply put, I suppose it's a it's a plan, isn't it, to achieve a long term objective. Um, but I think it, you know, it can be broken down a bit further, which is probably a bit more helpful. It's a, probably a it's probably a good way to define a business, perhaps by its strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think businesses use strategies to give a set of values, something that describes who they are. I think, you know, the, the more sort of modern way of describing strategy is about purpose, isn't it? It's about giving businesses a sense of purpose that's communicated within the organisation, which, of course, you know, drives alignment and, and enthusiasm, perhaps. Um, I think a strategy as well perhaps provides a roadmap. It, it you know, gives a sense of direction. It, it's sometimes described as a North Star, isn't it? It's a, it's a terminology we use we do, uh, yeah. a lot within our work today. and But it p- provides a, d- a direction of travel. Um, and, and it perhaps also talks about the various uh, milestones along that line of travel and, and, you know, and stopping off points, perhaps. And so it, it, gives, it gives a shape to a business. And, of course, you know, we know that, that the, a strategic intent when it's put out there will often sit at variance to the way a, a business is structured or a business is performing. And so it probably gives rise to transformations, doesn't it? Which you spent a lot of time talking about. And then yes. that really feeds through to perhaps the role of leadership as we've, as we've been discussing. 
And uh, I suspect that strategy and transformation sort of gives leadership a home, really, doesn't it? It's a, it's it's where individuals can apply themselves in an evangelical way. They can they can they can apply their powers of communication. Engagement can be driven out of that, and and of course, as soon as you've got a task like that. That's where perhaps creativity belongs as well. You know, the the opportunity to do things differently in order to to, to deliver against a new reality or a, a change in circumstance, perhaps. Well, you're really happy thinking about this, aren't you? Like, you just weaved in past episodes there beautifully. <laughs> That's what I do, Peter, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I am the glue to your destructive nature. Take, take stuff and repackage it yeah, and present it as your own, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so what, what do you think about it as a topic, Peter? That's a very good topic. It's a very good topic. And um, I, I knew there was a, there was, I mean, uh, yeah, you know, there's a, there's a Sun Tzu quote, and I, 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 I couldn't remember it exactly, so I had to look it up, but it was, uh, the strategy without tactics is the slowest route to victory. Tactics without strategy is the noise before defeat. And I think the point I'm trying to get from that um, that half-remembered quote is we do talk a lot about strategy, but then there's there's taking that strategy and making it something. It is, I don't know, I, it felt, I feel, you know, all our years in business, and I'm not saying the companies we work for, but I think certainly some companies we've worked with, it feels like they've thrown a huge amount into defining strategy and left a gaping hole that sat behind it. Yeah, I, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, that's a well, I mean, that's what, 1500 years ago, Sun Tzu wrote The Art of War. And, uh, you know, it feels a very relevant um, way to describe the relationship between strategy and tactics. And would you would you agree with me? Perhaps strategy is the what are we going to do and the tactics are how are we going to do it? Yes, and I would. I would. And I think the other thing is, and I think this is something, you know, in our own organisation, we are reflecting on the highest level. It's It's the things you do. And it's also as much the things you don't do as well, you know, the things you stop doing so you can focus. And I guess everybody will always, you know, go to the, you know, the, the story of Apple and Steve Jobs and the kind of shutting down 100 plus projects to focus on three or four core things um, is, is a form of that. But I think, again, if, if organ, you know, I think if organizations just try and carry on with life as normal, despite having this, this bold strategic statement, they, they are going to fail. Yeah. And and would you would you, you know it's interesting, isn't it? If if strategy is the what and tactics is the how, don't you think that the why is often missing? And perhaps that's you know where the purpose sort of redefinition of strategies become a bit more prevalent these days. And in, in, it's about engagement, it's about getting the community to understand the you know the purpose of the, the change, not not just what are we going to do and how we're going to do it, but why are we doing it? It feels like that's a often a missing part in a transformation, missing part of a change. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's one of the hard parts of the, you know, explaining the why and 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 ensuring, not just explaining it, I suppose, but making sure it, it is fully understood and, and those that have to contribute to the kind of tactical activities that support the strategy are, are buying into it, which is, you know, in the world of, you know, the, the organisational change management. Yeah, and I think for me, one of, I mean, you know, we, we, we spend a lot of time here in our in our respective roles, but th there's some sort of historical relationships you and I have had with strategy. And so you will recall um, many, many years ago, we were actually 
we, we were very fond of strategy maps, weren't we? Yeah. And oh, yeah. Remember the Kaplan and Norton sort of representation of strategy. And when I, you know, when I was reflecting on that today, as I was thinking about what we're going to talk about, I, you know, I wonder what it was about that that attracted me. And I think, first of all, it, it's visual as a as a as a representation of a strategic in, in, intent. And um, those of those of you that are, are of an age will remember strategy maps, I'm sure, which is where you had a series of objectives uh, arrayed on a on a on a on a visual where the objectives were often lined up across key business paradigm so you'd have a financial objective you'd have a customer objective you'd have a perhaps a sales objective you'd perhaps have a foundational objective and a people objective and and the point was that as you look at a strategic intention depending where you sit in a business or depending on your background you can look at it through different lenses which is appropriate given perhaps your functional uh, expertise and and you have a relationship with that journey based on where you're coming from. And the trick is, I think, with organisational progress and particularly with strategic intentions, it's about alignment, isn't it? It's about how do you align yeah. an organisation who, who have a range of different capabilities and skills and views of the world against a common set of goals and objectives. And at, at the time we worked with the strategy maps, we were working for a business intelligence company, weren't we? And of course, the, the holy grail there was about linking the KPIs throughout the organization from the transactional layer, you know, where the where the measures were made all the way through up to the strategic intention with a with a sort of a stop off alongside some critical success factors, which was sort of enabling components and I, and for me the most powerful thing about that was allowing people to see where their contribution sat in the bigger scheme of things yeah. and so you yeah. remember those bubble diagrams where someone yeah. perhaps was sitting in finance and recognizing that they were perhaps in you know in charge of a i don't know a purchase ledger for example and they could see how the kpis around successfully delivering the purchase ledger deliverables, whatever they might be, would it, you know would contribute to increased profitability, which would increase to, which would perhaps contribute to, um, you know, increased market share through extra investment facilitated in product. It was that linkage that I really enjoyed with strategy maps, which I've never really seen done as well anywhere else, actually. No, I think it was, you know, as you said, it, 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 you know, it, it is that kind of balanced scorecard concept of like looking across the broad range of the business itself and you know the principle behind it really was well the principle the, you know, the, the the advantage to it was identifying certainly in our world you know orphan projects that shouldn't be happening at all but you know as good as it is I, I do reflect on some real if you like you know verbal battles that we had as a larger community of like trying to fit things that were already going on into the, the strategy map and sometimes you know being quite frustrated that we couldn't and but you know were we brave enough to go well that shouldn't be happening then i mean, I, I go back to the you know my comment earlier on about the, you know one of the great advantages of, of true strategy adherence is saying no to a whole bunch of stuff that you shouldn't be doing yeah well and do you remember the as you say i mean those workshops where you know, we 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 draw up perhaps the high level mission statement. We then look at the the high level objectives that you know we felt you know given all those dimensions of finance, sales, customer, 
employee foundation mm-hmm. that contributed to it. And then we'd look at, we'd have the whole register of uh, projects and, and, and made sure, as you said, that they have a home with the, with the overriding sort of intention. That we, if, we, if there were things that we were doing that didn't contribute to any of those bubbles, then we'd have to ask ourselves if they were relevant, as you've just said. But then we had the argument of, well, well, it's very important. So we then we then we then edit the objective, wouldn't we? We have to then yeah. retrofit it. And do you remember all the, the curvy lines that you know came out of those diagrams? And in fact, I remember I, I stopped using strategy maps after a while because I, I was just do you, do you remember we, we had one presentation when we put it in front of an executive um, team who who had you know been the beneficiary, I thought, of some visionary work with strategy maps, and the comment was Oh no, not the sperm diagram again. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, oh, God. I do remember one, and I don't think you were party to that. I think it was when um, our friend uh, Alan had actually taken over. But I, I remember being in a, an old country manor house hotel in the Midlands, and we'd been at we'd been going at this for hours, you know, <laughs> pretty much, um, and and there was a determination that we would make all this fit. And, and I remember we being, being not, you know, you know, our leader at the time decided the best thing for us to do was go for a false march around the woodland area around the hotel. Yeah, walking the woods, I'm all yeah, for that. To, to refresh our minds and brains and, and, you know, come back with full purpose. Um, and we weren't going to get dinner until we would agree to it. So, yes, <laughs> there yeah. was some, some more humorous elements to this. And, I mean, thinking about, the sort of role of leadership, you know, with the execution of strategy. I mean, it, we, we've talked a lot about how that manifests itself in, in our world. And, you know, perhaps we could just dwell on that a little bit more. Um, th- there's something about a journey, isn't it? That when, when a group of people go on a journey, it's very important to have a shared vision and excitement. We've talked about the BHAGs before, haven't you? The big, uh, hairy... Uh, audacious goals audacious goal thank you and 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 the and the sort of the 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 liberating sort of power of being challenged collectively to achieve something that feels impossible and it's so much more exciting to do that than it is to sort of grind out another five percent improvement um but of course to get to that point where you feel excited about a goal that actually is pretty pretty difficult it, it needs it, it needs some evangelical sort of moment, doesn't it? It needs um, it, it needs a collective agreement that we are going to go on this journey together. And often the the steps on the journey, I think, are completely opaque. It's like you know being in the middle. I've, I've used this metaphor before. Apologies, I've already done it on Squid, but you know it's like being in the jungle as a group, and you you agree you're going to go up. You know, you're going to go up to that hill that you can see in the distance, and there's there's trees and there's snakes and there's rivers and you've got your machetes out and you're you know you're smashing your way through the, the undergrowth and but you know which hill hill you're going to and and it's that gives you a sense of direction and collectively you bought into going on this journey together and it's just there's something about a style of leadership that people trust that the journey is worthwhile or they believe in the outcome but the route there is completely unknown and so you have all those um reveals on the way of all the challenges that you come across as you embark on something new which requires 
patience, guts, you know, strong liver. Uh, and and often that requires a, a leadership sort of oversight, doesn't it? Because very easy for people in a working environment to get distracted back to the everyday or to the things they prefer doing or the things that are easier mm-hmm. or the things that don't cause them to have to work late nights. So I think there's a really interesting expression of leadership in these sort of journeys. I agree. I do agree. It's um, it's an interesting area of conversation for sure because, uh, you know, it's... You you've got to see, you know I don't know it's it's like organisations have a strategic intent you know number one in the market or whatever or to expand into Asia Pacific or wherever there is a strategic direction the company's going into but for the general per people you know you, you don't have to go too far down the organisation really it it's it's well what does this mean to to me I mean you kind of touched on it earlier on but it's like how can what I do really make an impact? How can how can what I do overcome some of the you know the the, the resistances that people experience on a day to day basis? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's it's very nuanced, isn't it? And I think it's very you know as there are individuals ex- individual expressions of leadership out there. I think there are individuals and requirements of leaders from us all. Yeah, and yeah. you know you know clearly there's the the what's in it for me element of any change which is really important there's there's, there's the you know it's the is this going to be fun is this going to be interesting sort of component as well isn't there but i think there's something about i think people will follow leaders on a complicated journey where they really don't have any particular relationship or understanding of what the journey is going to take but they trust that leaders interpretation of the way it's been communicated or perhaps there might be a you know someone you know when someone explains something complicated to you in a simple way you're just vested in their view of the world aren't you because it makes sense to you and I think leadership can be like that when strategy is being explored that if it can be put in terms that make sense to an individual the the details really don't matter to the individual I don't think it's about you know that makes sense to me I trust this person that sounds fun I'm in Sometimes I don't think it's any more complicated than that. No, no, maybe not. I mean, I'm just um, you know reflecting on you know you know when the grandkids come over, if you go out for a walk, you don't tell them how far they're going to go or how long it's going to take. You know, you you just show them something interesting five feet away and keep doing that. <laughs> it's like leading them by that uh, approach. Oh, remind me never to go for a walk with you, Peter. Uh, true, fair enough. Then okay, then. but look, I want to. Uh, can I come back to something? Because you know you're kind of firing me up on on some of the things. Well, not some of the things, but yeah. When we talk about this, you know, there's strategy, and let's say we got all the tactics right, and yes, let's say we are saying no to the right things and saying yes to the right things as well. Um, and all this is happening, and people always go immediately into the fact: oh, this is about change, it's about transformation, it's about people. And I, I'm not saying it's easy to persuade people to to change. Um, you know, we're all a little bit resistant to it, but you know, I've seen so many times, and I, and I feel that you know, we ourselves are beginning to experience this as well. Is that actually you're often you're hampered by systems and process because you can you can have the most fired up meeting about what you're trying to do and how you change. If, if immediately people are dragged back into an underlying system that demands they do A, then B, then C, then D. You lose the will, or you lose the focus, or you lose the time, or the, or the effort, or or the desire to to actually make the change, and that's mm. something we have to overcome. 
Yeah, well, it's um, yeah, and I think you're speaking to something we've talked about before, which is where it's it's the the sort of the bit of your brain that you know it gets lit up. I think by the opportunity to be creative and do something new and different and exciting, and and be open to possibilities. I think is a different part of the brain to the part that needs to be controlled and detailed and oriented around transactions. Yeah, and so you know you got to find a way. I think either through separate teams or separate allocations of time to, to, to basically split those two things apart. Because I think it's impossible otherwise. It's, it's very hard to flip-flop, I think, between a strategic endeavour and a tactical responsibility. It's like it's really hard. And it's, it's maybe the same thing, actually. I think it's really hard to flip-flop between leadership and management, which is what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have to bring those different skills to our day-to-day work where you know leadership is about keeping an open mind and keeping your options open and in fact you're trying to delay your decision and and the tactical path is often about closing stuff down reducing the variability and making decisions quickly and so i think you know this mix of having a strategic view of the world and having a tactical view of the world i think organizations tackle different ways but it's often set up as different groups, of course, isn't it? You'll often have a, a strategic group that is charged with direction, which then gets communicated to the to the rest of the organisation to discharge, which is often when it sort of often goes <laughs> wrong if that's not done in, <laughs> yeah, in an effective you don't way. Have at this point, we know what happens. Yeah, <laughs> yes, but it is. I mean, you know, even if it's even if you're not separate teams, you know, we've all been. You go off on a on a wonderful offsite. You become inspired and creative and all the rest of it and then you you go back to work and it's like oh god i'm gonna deal with the 300 emails that are waiting for me and gonna make decisions on this and you get dragged back down into the the current existence yeah yeah and and i think again that's that's the role of leadership isn't it to 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 explain the 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 strategic direction explain about the the symptoms of being on, on a journey where part of your life is spent gazing at the hinterlands of the brave new world and part of your life is trench warfare wading through the quagmire which is you know existing systems and processes have been changed <laughs> that metaphor is not a bit too lucid but I, I think uh, and, and a message to daz's boss that he really does enjoy his job really and my <laughs> but, but but i think you know those 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 challenging aspects that you're talking about i think um you, you know perhaps latterly has given strategy something of a bad name perhaps a bad name is the wrong way perhaps strategy sounds a bit old-fashioned sometimes you know i think the business world often talks about agility doesn't it, it talks about flexibility it talks about you know being able to respond quickly to what's in front of you and so i think you have this slight dichotomy today about you know the importance to do what i've just described in a changing rapidly changing landscape where strategy sounds a bit plodding it's something that gets documented put on a shelf and you revisit it periodically but of course um you know if you if you if you don't plot out where you're going to be in a few years time it's what we used to call the yellow brick road syndrome do you remember that phrase Mm -hmm. yeah you don't know where you're going all roads will lead you there yeah so yeah i think it is about having a roadmap and against which you can then you then can be agile and keep trying new things and having loads of ideas and applying the best one to move you that step forward to that hill but it's a complicated process when it's a group dynamic for all for all the reasons we talked about, you know, because of the 
the, you know, the, we talked about the strength of diversity within teams and why that's important in terms of, you know, A, having fun, B, having loads of ideas and C, you know, having a, a different perspective on problems and opportunities. Because all of those diverse individuals will have a very different reaction to a, a strategic intention, which is nothing like what you're doing today. And so that's where all this communication, leadership, strategy map work comes in, I think. It does. And you finally give me a, a you know a window to actually mention one of my books. I did write a book called Business Agile. <laughs> um <laughs> So, uh, but it, but it, the thing about business agile is it's it's the creation of uh, a mindset within an organisation, and uh, a, a more of a kind of a project based structure to the organisation to to move swiftly. But it did not exclude the need for uh, a strategic intention or, uh, from the organisation uh, at all. And I think the other book, if you mentioned books, because I think you mentioned BHAG a few times, and it it does come from good to great, doesn't it? Um, we're by Jim Collins. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good to great. Why some companies make the leap and others don't. By Jim C. Collins. There you go. Just in case anybody is actually interested. They don't yeah. have to buy that book. It's much better than my book, I tell you. Well, I, I, I wondered how long it would take. Actually, you have beaten the record. That is the longest we've spoken together without you. I think you're going to go to these conversations to avoid any of my book titles. <laughs> it's my topic next week, and we're going to navigate all 30 of them. <laughs> I'm looking forward to how we're going to talk about those meerkats, but that's another. Nice trouble with that one, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I think I think you know that sort of probably draws us, you know, comfortably towards a, a close, doesn't it? In the sense that you know we we've we've talked about strategic intention being important and the difference between strategy and tactics and and how leadership makes a makes a home in in this space and, and there's a call for leadership. There's a and there's a call for ensuring that the the movement is 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 identified for the teams in a way that allows people to buy into it and and respond to it and that whilst the current zeitgeist is about agility and, and flexibility and sense of purpose you know a well a well-honed strategy allows for that i think yes and strategy isn't just what the sea level does i mean it's you know it's, it's more than that it's got to be more than that Absolutely. And, 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 you know, if you can see the strategy map I've drawn, you can see, you know, exactly where we fit, Peter, which is still <laughs> somewhere down the bottom, but nevertheless important. So is there a strategy map on this, this podcast episode then? There could be. Yeah, there could be. Oh, you should have said there was. I could have added it to the website. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, let me know. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, our, our thanks to all the, all the wonderful listeners um, who are listening to us. And, you know, we, we look forward to making that 3,000 milestone maybe soon yeah well i think um you know it's uh it's coming isn't it it's it's inevitable inevitable <laughs> you can't hold us back we've got a strategy <laughs> we have thank you peter it's all been right. fun as always all right thank you guys bye-bye you've been listening to an unusual podcast from david ailing smith and peter taylor more information can be found at www.squidofdespair.com.